We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Prize Picks coming at you Thursday evening. We're live here on YouTube. It's February 1st, and today's show is going to be a reaction to the announcement of the All-Star Reserves, and then we're also going to do a more sort of focused uh, trade deadline preview, uh, myself and Kyle. Uh, so yeah, we'll react to Anthony Edwards making the all-star team, Carl Anthony Towns making the team, Rudy Gobert does not. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, the trade deadline. I, I really want to focus on what the Wolves have to offer um, and then talk about that against how much potential players to trade for cost in terms of their literal, literal salary and what it might cost to acquire them in terms of assets. I got Kyle Tige here with me. Kyle, 1 to 10 what was your level of surprise that that Carl Anthony Towns made the All Star team? Eleven. <laughs> felt like a, it kind of felt like a when you take the alternative route on Google, right? You still get to the same location, but you took a different route. I, in the famous words of a Kevin Garnett, was like had the pumps, had the Uzis. Like I was ready to come on here, and I texted you this in the chat earlier, just to unload because I was like, if Rudy Gobert, if the Wolves don't get a second All Star, let's word it that way. I was going to lose my mind because I've done this. I've covered this team with you for seven years. I've been a fan for since I was a baby. And every year, the Wolves are bad. Good teams get rewarded. And that, you know, two players from the top team, three players, the Atlanta Hawks infamous starting lineup got to play in the All-Star game. So for a team that's been in first place for, what, 75, 80 days since the first of November, pretty much almost every day, excluding a handful that OKC bounced in, uh, they deserve to have at least more than one. So Ant was a shoe-in. Congratulations to him. Speaking of shoe-in, it's a year since you and I kind of broke the news about his shoe. Now he's got the best basketball shoe on the market. But a two-time All-Star for the kid. He's 22. That's obviously a no-brainer. But yeah, I was like, Rudy has to make it. He's the best defensive player on the best defensive team in the best team in the West. So I was shocked he didn't make it. But then you look at what Carl's doing. We talked about this just last week, right? His month of January. I don't know... I'll ask you because you're smarter than I am. I don't know if January 2024 was Carl's best year, best month of basketball he's ever played, but it was damn near close. So for him to make it again is fantastic. Congratulations to him. How many times has he made it now? 
Do you know oh, off the top of your head? <laughs> Someone uh, in the chat. Three, just get... three, He's four. made it more than once. But, I mean, it's yeah. a big thing. And, yeah. again, it's at the, at the end of the day, the best team, the team that has been the best in the West through 50-some games through the first four months is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They get two guys in the All-Star game. Real, right? Real four. entries. That says four. My bad. Four. Okay, that. thanks, Tyler. This is fourth. Uh, yes. But, uh, you know, it's not like what did Ant say today at shoot round. It's not like the fake back in Adam Silver picks you. These were real coaches' picks to get in. Those two have been two of the 12 best players in the West all season. Congratulations to them. And uh, congratulations to the organization. That's a big deal. Fourth time, I think, in franchise history that they've had two all-stars represent the team. I wasn't expecting Carl Anthony Towns uh, to be right. a an all star um, because for me I, I was I was in the camp pretty firmly of you know two all stars um, I, I I said this morning not like I was really ranking it but I I, I thought Rudy was as deserving um, as anyone on on the Wolves and uh, but what me and Britt talked about this morning and I, I took some more time to dig into today or, or think about more I, I thought Carl Anthony Towns's case was how good he's been in the games when Ant was bad. And I think just yeah. even last night is, uh, is, is a great, you know, a great example of that where just Ant just didn't have the juice, you know, as he hasn't, you know, five, six, seven times uh, this season. Carl's been in my mind this morning, I was talking about, I'm like, I just feel like Carl's been really good in those bad Ant games. I looked it up this morning or not, or this afternoon. And you know, basketball reference is just this, like game score. Mm -hmm. um, for a player, just kind of like ranks the quality of their game. So I just went to Ant's five worst games of the season. And it was at Orlando, at Memphis, uh, at Dallas, at Phoenix, and then last night against Dallas. And I, I looked at those games, uh, what Ant did and what Cat did. So the Orlando game, Ant's worst of the season, uh, according to that ranking. Ant had six, four, and three. He shot uh, two for seven from the field. As the game where Carl had the big dunk on Mo Wagner. Cat had 28, 6, and 5 in that game. He was 11 for 19 from the field, 5 for 5 from 3, led the team in scoring. The Memphis game, uh, Ant scores 0. It's that game where uh, he re aggravates his hits. So it wasn't necessarily a bad Ant game, but you didn't have, um, you know, you, you didn't have Ant that game. Carl has 24, 7, and 5. Again, leads the team in scoring uh, 2 for 3. The Dallas game, Ant scores. Only nine points, uh, has, uh, nine, two, and 11. Cat in that game leads the starters in scoring with 21 points, has 17 rebounds, two assists. The Phoenix game, everybody kind of stunk, but Carl, again, their aunt, aunt was bad in that game, the, the Phoenix back-to-back -back one, but Carl leads the team in scoring 25, 7, and 2, 10 of 17 from the field. And then yesterday, you know, Ant didn't really have the juice. He had uh, nine, five, and five. Cat leads the team in scoring 29, nine, and four. So if you just take those five games, Ant's five worst games of the season, Carl's averages in those games are 25.4 points per game, 9.2 rebounds, 3.6 assists, shooting 55% from three, which are almost across the board his exact same numbers as, yeah. as the regular season with even better uh, three-point shooting. And if you think about it, that's what Carl's supposed to be kind of on this team. That to consistently be able to do that, I think that's really delivering on what the job is. As you take, that's just the role of a number two, right? Is coming up and being number one when you have to be that. I don't think Carl's numbers or even just eye test night to night this season has screamed all star to me. 
But it's stuff like that. It's how good the defense was at the beginning of the year. Remember how, like, for the first month of the season, uh, the defense was better with Rudy off the floor than when Rudy was on the floor. Yeah. It was really a product of Cat and Oz. We're doing a, a good job there. But I, I think about that November run, and Carl was just doing, like, all those wall-ups at the rim. He was really active defensively. I think the defense has slipped a little bit. I was thinking about that, too. I was like, it's kind of slipped since Christmas, right? He just doesn't hasn't quite had the same defensive zip. But the game right before Christmas, I think it was the 23rd against the Kings, that's when he missed that game with his knee. I think he's kind of had some, you know, wear and tear and been playing through that over the course of the last month. But those are really the things that I think sell the Carl Anthony Towns all-star above just the, the counting numbers. And in addition to being the number one, is stepping up in the areas when the two other best players are either not on the floor or not playing well. Carl Anthony Towns has actually done that uh, really, really consistently this season. And uh, to that end, I mean, you, you can't really make a strong argument against a second player uh, making the all-star team uh, on the team that's no the number one team in the West. So, yeah, props to Cap. Yeah, and there's a Rudy discussion I kind of want to have. You've done a pretty good job this week with Britt and everyone else, but uh, I was reading the press release from Wolves PR, uh, Ant and Carl kind of also finished. I mean, this is, to me, the All-Star game and the All-Star nominations are the first 50 games of the season, right? I've seen some weird analysis about national writers talking about who they like most in a playoff series or career stuff. It's like, guys, this is 50 games. Like, what, what, are, what are we doing? This is who is playing the best so far throughout the end of January. Um, in the month of January, Carl finished with 435 total points. And Ant had 420 total points. January 2024 will go down as the only month in franchise history in which two players scored 400 or more points. I don't know what to do with that, but it's a cool stat. Uh, but they both kind of finished this, this chapter of the season strong. They both deserve it. Back to Rudy. I, I think there's a case that Rudy should have made it as well. That you could Okay, but three. you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say right here that we have to start with who does he get it over. You can make the case that Rudy Gobert should be an all-star, but it well. has to come... But the, it does, dude. That, no, that, no, 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 no. I, 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 I was going to say, well, as long as everyone in this chat and listening on Friday is just a Timberwolves fan, I'll answer the question. Okay. But if this if this gets aggregated out there, I don't want to get I just leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like Steph Curry, his team's in 10th, right? Like, I know the big names I'm going to pull from this. People are going to lose their mind. But the one thing about the Rudy Gobert conversation, again, maybe it's best that the 31 year old most important player on the team right now, right? We've kind of agreed that it's it's Rudy. Uh, or we said last week he's the most valuable player on the team right now. Uh, that he gets to rest. Just send him to, you know, send him to another hole in Oregon and let him hang out with his cat. But I was really not loving the conversation or the discourse about how, well, no one wants to watch Rudy play in the All-Star game because he's a defensive player. I don't give two bleeps yeah. about that at all. Because yeah. Jimmy Butler had a big campaign and a big push just a year ago got to the game, and then just made a mockery of it by playing two minutes, okay? This isn't about, you know, if you just want to put the most exciting players in, just put Zion against Wemby, 48 minutes, and see which one doesn't get hurt, okay? This is not, this is a, this should be an award. And if you're like, well, you know, I don't think Rudy's that exciting. This is also the stuff we talk about when it gets to award season or when we talk about these people in general, you know, like Dane Moore, top 20 podcasts, six out of the last 12 months. Like, we talk about Rudy Gobert, eight-time All-Star, and two-time, like, this stuff matters. So to make up these weird things about how, you know, Rudy can't shoot threes and don't want him in the All-Star game, 
That's a farce to me. Again, best player or the best defensive player on the best defense in the West. To your point, yes. Who are you going to pull out? I thought they actually did a pretty good job. Like, I get LeBron and AD getting in there. I think you got to have one or two Clippers. Um, but, like, if I'm a Kings fan right now, I know they're mad. Or, like, Shangoon. Charlie Sheen. Like, winning. It's about winning. It's always been about winning in the past. So just because the Timberwolves now are winning, don't change up. Keep that same energy. And I'm sorry to Sabonis. I'm sorry to Fox. But under no circumstances did those guys deserve to make it over Carl and Ant. And I think because Rudy has done so much winning and changed this culture, you know, if you're a ninth or 10th place team in the West, I would have taken Rudy. But that's my case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so it's it's just the the people he would need to, you know, replace are like... Steph or Paul George or I mean the argument objectively for remove the wolf stuff the person Rudy got quote unquote snubbed by was his teammate yeah like if Rudy was gonna make right. it then Carl's out like that's the answer and 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 that's okay you know two two guys could have been could have been Carl could have been Rudy uh all three maybe would have been kind of pushing it just given how awesome uh the West is but I don't say that in Rudy wasn't deserving if it was me my ranking would be Rudy is the most all-star worthy player on the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's my opinion. i uh, watching this team uh, night in, night out. I know a lot of people, you know, don't share that. I don't mean that as shade to Ant or Cat. Uh, it's just, it's my opinion, given the dominance of the defense this season. And I, I really respect the hell out of Rudy's night-to-night professionalism consistency, all that sort of stuff. Maybe that's not what the All-Star Game is about. That's kind of the way I uh, view it. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think we can be too, you know, up. there's not a lot to be frustrated with here. Two Wolves got in. Two Wolves, I think, deserve to be in. What about just, you know, Ant quickly? We should acknowledge this is his first time being voted in initially. Obviously, last year he was a an injury replacement he deserves a hell of a lot of credit for, for this team too. And and it's, it's easier to point to Rudy, right? Like he's clearly the most important defensive player on the best defensive team. The Wolves are an average offensive team, but Ant is clearly the most important offensive player on, mm-hmm. on, on that team. And so you kind of have to do the Delta thing there, right? Like what, what are the Wolves offensively if Anthony Edwards wasn't on this team? you know, particularly given some of the spacing issues they do, that Ant is still able to be putting up the numbers that he does in an offensive setup that probably isn't most advantageous to him, that he's still kind of a no-brainer all-star in pretty much everything I read from people I respect and the way, you know, the where he made the team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so major, you know, major credit to him and at 22 years old to have two all-star appearances, again, in a loaded, loaded Western Conference yeah, I mean, just any any ant thoughts quick? Yeah, I mean, it. I know he's had a couple stinkers lately, just kind of coasted in some of these bad games. But uh, it, it comes back to he has great numbers for being 22. And I don't think he gets in if you swap the Wolves in the, in the Warriors record, right? The Warriors are 20 and 24, and they're in 12th in the West, right? The Rockets. Like, I, I like watching Shingun. I think he's a really good player. I saw, you know, the stat muses of the world putting up his numbers against Carlson. It's like, man, one of those guys... Is playing again to Carl's point. We didn't even mention this. His defense has been really good this season too. Uh, he's they're on a winning team, and to me, I know some people don't agree, but to me, it's just it is kind of about winning because it's a mid-season 
accolade. It's not all NBA. It's not, you know, a title or a ring, whatever. It's who's been playing the best 50 games. And for the most part, Ant has been really, really good again in his fourth season. It is kind of funny, right? Like the Carl and Ant thing for September and October and November, you and I said Ant is this team's floor and Carl is this team's ceiling. That's switched to me in the last month. Like Carl is the floor now. You know what to expect on a, you know, a 50 degree night uh, against a JV Dallas Mavericks team. And when he gives you those highs, that's when this team is looks like a real, I can't believe I'm going to say it, like title contender. So he deserved it. Carl deserved it. And I saw some people in the chat here on YouTube. Uh, if you're, again, thanks for tuning in. If you can subscribe to the channel, but uh, maybe Rudy makes it as an injury replacement, right? Like I'm sure there'll be one or two in the East. Uh, there'll be one or two maybe in the West. So that'll be the next level of this. But uh, congrats to Ant, congrats to Carl. And the only other one that I think is going to make it is probably going to be Chris Finch. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's true. We will, I guess that comes down to what happens in um, tomorrow's game, Friday's game against Orlando, right? That I determines think, it. The way I have it figured out, and Alan Horton was on this, but I think they have two games at home, Magic on Friday, Rockets on Sunday, Dane will be at both. But uh I think they just got to win one of those games because they have an OKC tiebreaker. And then it doesn't matter about Denver because Mike Malone and his staff can't rep it two Mm -hmm. years in a row. So, you know, shameless plug, but over at Flagrant House today, we had Jim Pete on and he came out and said, you know, what everyone's been thinking. It would be a really big honor for Finch and his staff to represent the West in Indianapolis. And I think Finch, despite maybe wanting to take a couple of days to, you know, go somewhere warm, I think he would really feel good about doing that. So, uh, they got to win one more in the next two. Ant said it today at shooting round. He really wants to get Finch in there as well. So could be a triple, a three-headed monster uh, going to Indianapolis in a couple of weeks. For that uh, Orlando game, I want to make sure to plug this uh, one more time before the, the game tomorrow. We're going to give away two tickets to the Wolves game against the Magic uh, tomorrow. And the way you enter for that is be a Patreon subscriber uh, for us, which helps support this show. Um, and many of you have supported the show for a long time that way this is our way of kind of trying to to give back we have again two tickets for for the game tomorrow against the magic if you are a patreon subscriber just go to the messages on there let us know that you are uh, available and we'll pick someone at random for those two tickets and if you want to uh, become a patreon subscriber cost five bucks a month and uh, you can do that that's down below in in the show notes and or you can just go to patreon.com slash Danemore MBA. That's up on the screen there, too. And uh, yeah, just just let us know that that you are available for the, that game and we will give away two tickets. Also, today's show is brought to you by Falling Knife Brewing Company. Uh, we tell you about Falling Knife all the time for Wolves games. I do hear that uh, Fridays or the, the weekend games are kind of the most fun uh, to to attend there. They're pretty, you know, it's a pretty full house and everyone's into the games. It's it's what people are there for on a Friday night. Obviously, you have that for the Magic uh, the magic game tomorrow night. So if you're looking for a place to go, check that out. And then they do have a Super Bowl party next Sunday. Maybe you're thinking about a little over a week away what you're going to do for the Super Bowl if you don't have uh, plans for that. Again, Falling Knife is an option there. They're doing it all-you-can-eat um, promotion. It's $50. They got a whole bunch of different things uh, from, from Rectangle Pizza, it should, find that here but it's 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 pizza it's wings it's all sorts of sides and stuff that's all included plus you can get a pitcher of beer or uh two pints is is also included in that 50 dollars. so go to falling knife bc on instagram the link there uh that they have will you can sign up for 
for your tickets there. Again, that's Falling Knife Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis. Ready to do some trade deadline stuff, Kyle? Yeah, you know what? Actually, let's give one. I just want to give, in case he doesn't make it, as an engine replacement. I was just thinking about this while I was thinking about pizza. Uh, shout out to Rudy Gobert. Because he probably, the more I think about it, you know, I can't imagine they're going to take a seven foot three center and throw him in as an injury replacement. It'll, you know, be a guard or something. Like I said, the Kings didn't have any representation and they've had a good season. Uh, but it is kind of funny, right? Or ironic that the guy that has come in and helped promote winning more than really anyone I can imagine since Kevin Garnett was here in Rudy Gobert is the guy that kind of helped send his two teammates to Indianapolis because again, the numbers Ant puts up, the number Carl's puts up, doesn't really mean much if they're not winning games. I think if they were the sixth seed, there's no way in hell they have two yeah. guys. And as Sacramento, I mean, facing, you might be the Kings, yeah, right? Yeah, like, they might not might have, have anyone. Zero. So, uh, thank you, Rudy Gobert, for sending uh, <laughs> your teammates to Indianapolis. Uh, but yeah, no, let's go into trade season. It's we're what a week away from the trade deadline. Right. We're starting to see. It's always funny, right? It's always about that week before the deadline when you start to see people that you've never heard of before have sources. Oh, that's always a good time. So someone who actually does have some sources uh, and knows how this all works. Where do you want to go? Yeah. So we're going to take questions uh, from people. Maybe if you have specific trades and stuff, we can, you know, we can get into that of, you know, does this make sense? Um, but I think the place to start, particularly with the team in the Wolves position, asset poor, right, is to establish what they have to offer, right? And the Wolves are asset poor because of the Gobert trade. They cannot trade any first round picks, right? We know that. Um, not that they don't have their pick this year, right? It's just the every other year thing they gave, they gave those all away in the Gobert trade. So what they do have is technically kind of four seconds, really more like three that they can offer. They have Memphis's second round pick this summer, the 2024 second of Memphis, which is a really good second. You know, that's probably going to be like the, 35th pick that that has that has some fringe uh first round pick value and it's it's immediate right not a great draft maybe but as far as seconds go really good really good second in 2025 they have utah's second um you know that's fine maybe middle of the pack a mm -hmm. minati type player would be the you know what was josh minot 45th pick and then their third second is not a great one it is the least favorable favorable in 2026 of Indiana, Miami, and San Antonio. So I don't know. Maybe that's like the 48th pick in, in 2026. It's their least valuable of their three seconds. If you want to say they have four seconds to offer, it's the 2029 one, their own. But that one they can't trade because you know how the 2029 first in the Gobert trade is top five yeah. protected? I was going to ask you this, yeah. So that... That turns into a second round pick if for somehow the Wolves in 2029 get a top five pick and it's protected, that becomes a second round pick. So the Wolves can't trade that second without amending, you know, they need to trade something with Utah to amend that. I don't even know how that will work. So I really think we should be thinking about this as the Wolves having three seconds that they can offer. They also have two swaps. They have a swap this year. That's pretty much nothing, right? They're like... So, yeah, six know. months ago, that might have had a little value, right? And <laughs> exactly. Now, every time but I now look it's at like mock drafts, like they're the 29th team and they're drafting some bench warmer from Marquette. But anyway. Yeah. Well, it's just like they could swap with like Boston. If they have the 29th yeah. pick, like Boston. Yeah. You could move up one pick. So pretty much nothing for the, the 
that's not an asset. Mm-hmm. The 2024 first round pick swap, 2028 first round pick swap. That's a that's something to add in there. So I would say, in total, the way to think about it is, the Wolves have one really good second, two mediocre seconds, and a 2028 first round pick swap. Not a ton, not a ton to be able to attach to salary going out in in a trade there. Good players have been acquired for that much. You know, there's there's times where three seconds, four seconds get you, uh, you know, a, a real piece. You, I don't know. You th- not that Jay Crowder really worked, but that was kind of like Milwaukee did that. There's Rui Hachimura, right? Wasn't that like three or four seconds last year uh, for the Lakers? That's kind of what the, the Wolves have to offer. And then you need to attach that onto uh, outgoing salary. And we kind of know the main characters that could potentially be traded there. Kyle Anderson, the most expensive, uh, $9.2 million expiring contract. Shake Milton, $5 million expiring contract. Trey Brown Jr., $4 million expiring contract. Wendell Moore Jr. has two years and five, these are all including this year, so two years and $5 million left on Wendell Moore's contract, about $2.4, $2.5 million matching for this year. Jordan McLaughlin, $2.3 million. Those are kind of your matching salaries, right? And then you get to Josh Minot and Leonard Miller as out-of-rotation assets that I think you could, would be a real asset to to add to to that. I mean... A real Somewhat, asset yeah. in the sense that they would be enticing. I mean, we're all watching the G League stuff, right? And I will say, I actually can't believe I'm saying this on a real podcast. I watched the whole G League Ignite versus Iowa Wolves game last night. Okay. Uh, I would just like to apologize to the listeners about me being so upfront about letting Josh and Leonard play in this rotation right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty excited about them long term. I do not think watching them play defense that they are ready to step in and help man the best defense in the league. But yeah, they're real assets. The problem is, and this is what you were going to say, they make no money. So when you're trying to balance out the finances, these guys make a little north of a million dollars every year. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not going to be able to do much with that, trying to bring in salary to make it match. Well, and and, and I think that's a factor here too. And like, you can get to like a pretty decent number if you do like a three for one or a four for one and we can start talking about 15 18 20 million dollar players if you do that like it would work on the trade machine but you need to then replace those roster spots with other contracts that would add money to the wolves books which normally wouldn't be the end of the world but the wolves are 2.3 million dollars away from the luxury tax right Mm -hmm. and we know they're not going or not no but they have a serious incentive to not be in a luxury tax this this luxury tax team this season because next season they certainly will and probably uh going forward you want to avoid that repeater tax so that that's a that's a variable in something that it might give you the green check on the trade machine but you got to kind of think about a little bit uh in terms of in terms of kind of balancing that out i just like wrote down it's like all right uh like landry shamit is a player that I think is interest. I'm interested in a movement shooter or something like that. He makes 10.25 million. You go, all right, like I could, you could probably do like Milton and Troy Brown jr. Plus a second or two. And that would work, but Milton and Troy Brown jr. 9 million, 10, like 10.25 million. You've added $1.25 million to that. And you just don't have a lot of space here, particularly 
if you want to get a buyout guy, that's going to go against your luxury tax space there as well. So I just want to establish that, like, it's not that they can't make a trade. I think they will make a trade. Um, it's just limited assets, limited space to work with and, you know, limited resource roster resources to be able to to throw in there. So I think that's just the blanket where they're at right now. So we're shopping at grocery outlet and not Whole Foods kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? And I will say, since it's about a year removed. Nobody uh, here knows what gro is grocery outlet like a thing. Oh, that's the thing out here. I think it's okay. like where basically all the stale bread goes. But if you're like, hey, I didn't want some cheap bread. Uh, on the one year anniversary kind of removed, those assets you talked about, right? Imagine those assets if like Tim Conley doesn't squeeze out a bunch of second round picks yeah. in the D'Lo trade, right? Not only did they get Mike Conley, who has changed all of our lives, and Nikhil, who has been obviously just not just a throw-in, but a prize in and of himself, but to get those three seconds, and then they spin one off to get Leonard Miller in last year's draft. Uh, but yeah, they have, they have limited assets. And I also think because you just mentioned everything that is available, it's important to at least acknowledge, and again, just acknowledge, not saying I want to do it, you know, Mike Conley is an expiring contract, right? At what, like 20 some million? And then and then Nas Reed, right, just as a as a enticing piece. Mm -hmm. Uh Kyle Anderson, obviously you said is it expiring, and then just named all-star Conley Towns. So to start at the top, they're not gonna trade Carl. Like that would be blasphemy what what you're doing right now. You finally have figured out the two bigs and all that stuff. They're probably not gonna trade Nas, right? I mean that would be kind of also blasphemy. Yeah, it, it's it's all such a weird thing right like it, it would be it would be completely unprecedented to break up a number one yeah seat but i think what you're doing at here is the like is there a bigger trade out there that happens and we go we didn't even talk about that we didn't right. even think about that like how does that come together and and you can make cases for that like the, the, i mean the word was entering the season is a year from now one of carl nas or rudy aren't going to be on the team Obviously, it's worked significantly better than the optimistic projection. And does that rule that out? And that now you're for sure bringing them all back next year, probably, or you know, or not trading them right now in the middle of the season? Yeah, that. But you know, it's a it's a question given the financial landscape going forward. Even somebody like Jaden McDaniels, you know, like yep. if something crazy happens, the Wolves are going to be giving up, you know, something crazy there. So you're right to not totally. Uh, brush over that. I think it's the place we probably should be aiming is more at these like eight to ten million dollar players that you can get there, you know, with trading the Kyle Anderson, Troy Brown Juniors, and and the Shake Milton's and the the limited assets that that you do have. But that that's good to bring up. And again, Mike too. But again, Mike, yeah. you're going to not only try to keep healthy this season. I thought he looked really good last night coming back from his hamstring injury against the Mavs, but also, you know. Four months ago was forecasting to the summer and like, okay, you're not going to be able to keep both Kyle and Mike. I think that question has answered itself in who is more important. I think there's another fun 90-minute podcast later this spring about just the Mike Conley thing um, and how much it's going to cost to keep him. Also, too, if I'm Mike, and I never want to dig in anyone's pockets, but like Mike Conley might not find a better situation as his season, you know, his career is kind of coming to an end. He's, he wants to just win a title than the Minnesota. So maybe... He, he takes a discount, but for now, can I say something point. related related to that? Yeah. Um, Are you negotiating for? No, no, just like the if you look at the cap space teams for next season, like 
There's that's like... six. <laughs> yeah, and they all stink except for Philly. Like just mm-hmm. and they're not go, yeah. go to Spot Track. It's you know, um, look at it and and go through and ask yourself. I'm not saying Mike. I think Mike Conley is a twenty million, twenty five million dollar player. Like, but what team is going to offer Mike Conley up that has cap space available twenty to twenty five million dollars, other than Philly? And I don't think that would be on. I, I, mean, I don't know, but I can't imagine that's what Philly's main plan is. Maybe that's a backup to the backup plan for Philly if they can't make something happen with all their the, the cap space they do have. They also have Tyrese Maxey, like. Does that work? I, I, I don't have cap space a week from now if they make a move to trade for a, sure. a, a third star that blows it, that up. So it, it's just like the, the Mike Conley market is is going to be interesting um, in in the summertime because you need to have cap space so as to be able to sign him to over a twelve thirteen million dollar mid level exception contract. Right? That's mm-hmm. just, that's how you you need cap space or an exception to be able to do it. Could be a sign and trade something like that. I mean, but. There are market factors, I think it's fair to say, pushing Mike Conley to stay in Minnesota outside of all the basketball stuff and the importance we know that he is and the sense you get with Mike that he would want to be playing for a contender. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, cool. Like Charlotte can offer you 20. Like is, is <laughs> Mike Conley, I, I would just be shocked to see him go to a team that doesn't have a real chance at, you know, at winning there. So when people say like, I could see Mike taking a discount, I think that's like, that's where the discount comes from. He's not going to turn down 25 million from another contender to take half of that with Minnesota, right? That we're talking about a lot of money, you know, I I, I don't think maybe he, he but I, I, I see your point though. I'm, I'm just being weird, mm-hmm. but like, maybe like there's the non part of it too. I, when I got to talk to Mike, like he, He's got a family, right? He's got sure. a couple, with a couple of kids. Like, I think he really enjoys. I mean, they were ready to make Utah their home, right? Outside of having a place in closer to Ohio State, where he's from. I think he really enjoys Minnesota. You guys, don't, from what yeah. I hear, you don't have snow anymore. It just never snows, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so I think there's all those pieces are going to again. This is a trade deadline thing, but you have to bring up Mike's name because you're listing all the expiring contracts, and he actually has. I mean, if you just dangled Mike Conley at the trade deadline. That's one of the sexiest pieces you can do. He's a really good point guard on a really big number that expires. But again, he is kind of the the straw that stirs the drink. So it all comes down to the the other side of that coin that we were talking about in September. Kyle or Mike, Kyle or Mike. We know Mike is probably good. Now, do you do you risk trading Kyle Anderson? I know his Q score in the fan base and his performances late has not been as great, but I also know that there's a lot of you know, advanced defensive stats that show he's really, really important. If you lose a guy like Jaden again to foul trouble or he punches another wall, who do you throw in there to guard bigger wings? Uh, and then just his ability to kind of play backup points. So I don't know. Take it wherever you want. But I think it's important, like you just did, to outline what do they have in the cupboard to go shopping with. Yeah, and I want to get into some of the potential buys here uh, rather than cutting into the middle of that. Let's just grab our uh our, our yeah. second ad break here sorry i need to find that um today's show is also brought to you by your home improvement company again another local sponsor that's uh helping us out and we want you to consider if you are considering a home improvement project to consider your home improvement company uh for the month of february they are offering a deal of 30 percent off entire bathroom projects um, they can do the installations in one day or less. It's a worry-free installation backed by material and labor 
warranties, always zero interest, zero down um, till 2025. Also, uh, they have a Windows deal where it's buy two, get two free. Again, maybe that's something that you are going to be needing to do. Um, that happens when, when you have a home. And we would just like you to uh, at least consider your home improvement company if that is if that is a need that you have, um, they're, they're great to us and we would love for to, to generate some business for them as well. So that's your home improvement company where it's your home made better. You can call them locally at 952-243-3502 or go to yourhomeimprovement.com. Kyle, we'll hold off on, on prize picks here for a second because I want to keep going uh, with, with some of these names. Slop. Let's get it. Um. We'll take some from the chat, uh, some some trades that, that people want to you know throw in there. We'll we'll answer those specifically. But I just want to I just want to hit on uh, some names again. I'm looking at that like eight to ten uh, million dollar range, and uh, one name that 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 sticks out to me is Delon Wright, who's in Washington. I think a lot of people, you know, when you look at Washington, you think about Tyus Jones. We can talk about uh, Tyus as well. But Delon is on, I don't know why I call him by his first name, like I know him. Delon Wright is on a one-year $8.2 million expiring contract. Um, he's he's 31 years old. Uh, he is a point guard, more of like a mediocre shooter, not not a not a problem there. Really, where he's uh, made his bones in the NBA is is as a, a defensive player. Again, I use this type of name one because I think it's realistic. Uh, and dude, like it's, it's, it's not the sexy one, but that's, this is what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about this, this type of player. I actually think, uh, Delon Wright's a, a little bit underrated would really, uh, help an already great defense. What is, what does Delon Wright do for you? You know, it kind of makes sense. I don't know if you and I talked about it on the pod, but I, I just keep coming back to, we've done this enough. I don't think we need to rehash it, but just the idea of backup point guard, you know, bucket getter or movement shooter right like we we pretty much know the front court is pretty well set with carl and rudy and nas and again as you get into an actual playoff series you're just going to cut down your rotation anyway finch isn't going to play more than eight guys so i i've seen enough from jordan mclaughlin that in a pinch you could throw him in but again i would imagine he dnps in the playoffs because Mm -hmm. you're probably just going to play mike a lot and then you're going to have nikhil do some second you know wright's very nikhil-y yeah, so it would be insurance. You know, I, I kind of made this comp to Phil the other day that, you know, if Mike <laughs> Mike is so important, Mike Conley, to this team, that's kind of like in fantasy football when you had Saquon Barkley. It's like, well, I don't really care who his, who his handcuff is because his handcuff is not going to be Saquon Barkley, right? So like, <laughs> if the if you want to talk about trades for Matt Breda, like it is what it is. So I don't know if there's any point guard out there that's going to be able to fill Mike's shoes if he's out. But DeLon Wright is serviceable, and uh, you know, a vet has been around. Uh, so I'm okay with it. The number matches, like you said, it's probably an easy swap. I doubt Washington would be asking for too much in that sort of a deal. Just, you know, maybe a second, couple seconds to get in the asset. range of the limited assets yep. that, that the wolves have the bread at the, at, at grocery But since we're on the wizards, can I, can I, can I read something on Delon? Right. I, uh, yeah, absolutely. Is it I, a text uh, from him? No, uh, I, I did. I did. This is a, I texted an executive that works for a non wolves team about Delon, right? Uh, because he'd mentioned him before as one mm. of the most underrated players. So I logged out my head. And I'm like, hey, you know, I've heard DeLon Wright. He goes, he would be great. Solid upgrade over the current backup situation would give another sure hand to Conley 
and he is such a great defender. Neutral source, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, it's, I think the DeLon Wright acquisition is better than we might think if that if that ends up happening. It's it's more than maybe the name is worth. But to your point, we're talking about the three different buckets, right? The backup point guard, the bucket getter, and the movement shooter. DeLon Wright fits mostly into that backup point guard bin, which I think is the least important, least valuable um, of the three. I'm more into the uh, the the movement shooter idea. Do you want to do one of those first, or did you want to get well, into no, that's it? I just looked up 36% this year from three for DeLon Wright, 31 years old. Uh, would be a nice, uh, you know, I know we're into this 40 minutes of a podcast and we're doing a big trade primer and we're starting with DeLon Wright. I know that's probably not sexy, but again, almost every other year you've done this, it's been inverse, right? Like you're tuning in on a Thursday and none of your favorite players on your favorite team make the all-star team. Your team sucks and you're trying to find this big trade. The Wolves are the inverse now. They're good. They have their rotation. They're not going to, I mean, you could make a case that whoever they trade for might not even play, <laughs> right? Like they might have their, if they don't trade Kyle, for example, you pretty much know their eight man rotation, whether you agree with it or not, come playoff time with the starters, Nikhil, Nas, and Kyle. So DeLon Wright would be insurance for Mike. Obviously he'd be another defender. He could shoot the ball a little bit. Again, to the backup point guard thing or whatever, I just really, I've seen a ton of people in the chat. I want whatever a more proven, not going to stab me in the back, break my feelings like Jalen Noel. I just want a guy, I think this team has always been a guard short, just another guy that can just, you know, they need eight points in the third quarter and Carl has four fouls and Ant just does, they're doubling Ant. Like who else on this team can just go get me an 8-0 run? And I've got some guys, but I'll, I'll defer back to you. Well, if you have a give me a bucket getter, is that Again, what you're, you're talking? Are you sexy. talking about bucket getter? Or are you talking about at eight points from the three point? Like line? no, like a bucket. Like I, I don't know, man. I just I like Lonnie Walker's story. Uh, I I saw again. He uh, had some cool quotes. He's out in Brooklyn right now. Yeah, I saw that. Um, he just he kind of had some. This is really deep stuff here, but he had some quotes that kind of reminded me of Nikhil and just mm. changing. You know, he's he's still a young guy. I don't know if he's 24, 25. Got drafted by the Spurs. He's kind of bounced around. He's on a minimum. And he, he brought that up in this post-game conference. Like, I'm, I'm on a minimum. Like, I'm fighting for my life and my career. And I just, the savvy part of me, you know, I love guys like that. But I also think watching some Nets games recently, he can fill it up for a little bit. Uh, he might not play in game one or game two. But if you're, you know, you're tied 1-1 and you go now on the road to a, to a Kings or something and it's a, the defense just isn't, you know, traveling for that game. You just need to outscore him, outshoot him. I think Lonnie Walker is a good fit. He can space the floor. He can put the ball on the ground a little bit. I always joke that this team doesn't have enough dribblers. Uh, so he would just kind of fit all those little things. And again, he also has that added chip on his shoulder of someone who probably wants to kind of prove that he can be a good teammate and be a contributor to a, to a good team. Let's talk about Tyus. Yeah, okay. So Tyus is 14 million. Mm-hmm. I think that's obstacle one um, that requires the inclusion of Kyle Anderson, pretty much, I, I would say. Uh, but maybe, and I, I don't know, like, is Kyle Anderson viewed as, like, if you trade him to Washington in that, can they then flip Kyle Anderson elsewhere to get something positive back? I would assume so, you know, maybe get a second or two back for him from from somebody else. Maybe, I I, I don't know. Um but he would be he would be in there, and now you're including you know one of probably Shake 
or or Troy Brown Jr. Um, let's uh, let, let's say let's say it's Kyle, Shake Milton, and all three of those seconds. Would you do that for Tyus Jones? Before before you, I answer, if I would do that, this is the one side of the NBA trade machine that our friend Sasha and Gupta has helped create. That is kind of a downside for fans. Uh, it's cool if you can make a trade work in the trade machine, but the Wizards aren't on that same URL. So why <laughs> would the Wizards do that? Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I've I talked to that one friend I have out here with the Blazers, but. I would be just shocked if Tyus gets moved, if he doesn't get moved for like a first. A first is just way more valuable than a bunch of expiring contracts, even if Washington could then flip Kyle or, you know, do that type of stuff. I'll go back to you. I would do that if I was the Wolves because you secure really good Mike Conley insurance. Now, again, I've seen people in the chat say, well, they got to get their point guard of the future. If Mike decides to re-sign this summer for two or three years, like what is, is Tyus going to re-sign? Like, are you going to trade every remaining asset for... A Tyus Jones rental. rental. I know he's from here. I know all the fans love him. Uh, I just don't see it. Would you throw Leonard Miller in there, who's probably the most enticing of the young guys that the Wolves have right now? Very wizardsy, right? Like if they're doing a thunder thing or whatever. Yeah. I mean, Leonard Miller fills it up. I think he had 29 and 19 last night, doesn't play a lot of defense. So him and Jordan Poole would be wizards to (laughs) that's the wizards roster right now. So would you do that? I would I would make Leonard Miller untouchable. I, that's a whole other conversation. I just the come what on, come on, dude. the the amount of money he makes over the next four years is like nothing. And if you're going to try to thread this needle these next couple of years, and you like don't want to trade car something, you're going to need cheap talent. Like you, you do have to keep one eye on on the summer. So mm-hmm. long winded. I love Tyus's game. I don't know who Tyus could defend in a playoff series. Uh, I don't think he's had a lot of great games. Again, is that because he's playing with some of the lowest IQ basketball players in the league? Maybe. But I just I'm out on it because that is pushing all of your remaining chips into the middle for someone who I'm not sure what the fit is. Like, I want Mike yeah, on the court. It's, a, every it's minute. an undefined fit because mm-hmm. you don't know what the Mike variable is there. And then you factor in, you know, you got to give up all or most of your remaining assets. Do you need to put that pick swap, that 28 pick swap in there? You know, I don't know. It's we don't know what the, the well, price on these are. But if we are saying the price is a protected first round pick. Well, the wolves don't have that. Um, does three seconds, a 28 pick swap and which could very well be nothing. And Leonard Miller, is that, is that the equivalent? Yeah, may- maybe. Um, and you know, and I, I, I kind of dismissed the Tyus Jones thing out of hand last week or two weeks ago, whatever. Um, where I was just like, I just don't feel like they have enough uh, to be able to get it. But, what I've learned in this is we don't know what the price tags are necessarily on, on all these players. I, I ultimately think Tyus, I've had to guess, gets traded for more than what the Wolves have to offer, but you know, maybe not. And and if not, then we can you can open up that conversation. For me, it's not as intriguing because again, the backup point guard idea archetype is just not uh it's not on the 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 top of my well, and you said something really smart earlier about Everyone knows the Wolves' financial situation because everyone listens to this pod, and it's going to be something we talk about for six months this summer. Six a, years. A lot, but you know this, talking to people, right? We talk about this all the time offline. There are so many other teams that are running into financial situations starting this summer. There are only six teams that really have cap space. So if you trade for Tyus, like I said earlier, 
Mike Conley, it just makes too much sense for Mike and his family and where he's at in his career to somehow take a little discount and stay with this team that's a contender. Tyus Jones, if one of those bad teams you talked about that have a bunch of money or like, hey, take 460 and come be our starting point guard. Now you're now you're trading every asset you have for a guy that, you know, in an ideal world, isn't part of your five or six man rotation um, again, because you have Nikhil as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why, again, I think Tyus is to me, again. Yeah, we, we should awesome. say Tyus has changed so much yes. from the player he was when he was here. He's shooting over 40% from three this year. And the biggest change in his game, I've noticed from watching him over the years, is he's got a floater game now. He yep. can do stuff in the, nice. the middle of the floor offensively. So it's he's it, he's got more to his offensive game than assist-to-turnover ratio now. Um, and if you haven't seen a lot of the Grizzlies or the Wizards or whatever, um, good job. That's that's what's <laughs> that's what's changed. My favorite uh, movement shooter, or not favorite, but I think a, a realistic one given the team that he plays for, price tag, all those sort of things, is Alec Burks. Yeah, uh, that's he's been mine too. Over forty percent from three uh, each of the last four years. He isn't a guy that can really microwave it, and mm-hmm. I mean, I happen to be watching a, a Pistons game this year where he, he made seven threes and obviously that it's not a bankable thing from, from Alec Burks, like night to night at all, but he can do that. And what I'm thinking about in acquisitions is a guy who I feel confident could play in the rotation in the playoffs and maybe not win you a game. Could he win you in a half? Could, could Alec Burks be on the wolves and make three or four threes? in the first or whatever in two quarters uh of a of a playoff game i think so he's got that skill set um to to be able to do so i think he's 32 now he's you know getting up there but uh you know having watched a handful of pistons games this year it, it looks like the player uh i've seen going back to to utah and uh new york before he, he was in detroit there too i think He's a little more like awesome catch and shoot than he is movement shooter, which we, you know, we kind of talk mm-hmm. about as the guys that hunt space. Landry Shamit is more of that like searching for the place on the perimeter where I can run to and catch it or in one drip, like get get that off. And I think that the Malik Beasley, that that's probably the, the most intuitive one uh for the for the Wolves. That type of player I think would be great on this team. And I think this team could probably afford. A Malik Beasley level uh, defender, though, you know, every so often you see a nice little hustle Malik Beasley clip that uh, comes oh, out. You watched the Blazers game last night too. <laughs> yeah. He was fantastic. I, I didn't watch the game. I, I, I saw, was... I saw the just the clips from it on Twitter. Yeah, he was fantastic last night in Dame's return to Portland. Uh, two other things. On, so again, a lot of a lot of my knowledge just comes from talking to you offline. But Alec Burks is actually my number one guy. Like he would be the number one person on my targets. Shooting thirty nine percent from three on his career shooting over 40% from three each of the last four years. And also, you're going to laugh at this, played with Rudy. Yeah. Kind of gets it in Utah, right? He he was there in Utah for many years when Rudy was there. So the more Rudy whispers, the better. The more guys that can speak French would be helpful. But he can, I saw someone in the chat say too, like he can kind of do it at all three levels. He can get to the rim a little bit. He can spot yeah. up. Uh, He's got a funky I, little mid-range kind of yeah. like turnaround game uh, in there. Like, the Kind of like a 10-foot Mid-range game, I feel like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, All right. that sort of deal. Quick 30, because James in the chat brings up a good point, and this is kind of what I said earlier. There's a chance, not really selling the podcast here, but there's a chance that whoever the Wolves trade for doesn't play. Well, then they shouldn't trade for him. 
They no, shouldn't trade for that right, player. Right, exactly. exactly. I, I don't think, I mean, but you know I don't mean, think though? they'd like, give up a good amount of those limited assets for a player to be a rental for the, the rest of this, just a regular season ninth man. You know, I, or, or, or how I would do it is I'm only investing in it if I feel like this player can have a playoff rotation spot and maybe even need to have like the Kyle Anderson spot, mm-hmm. I, I like the, the bandwidth to be able to do it. And maybe that's a player, a level up from Alec Burks. Maybe that's Luke Kennard, you know, that you feel that, you know, Luke Kennard makes like 14 and a half million. So mm-hmm. again, that's probably a Kyle has to be in it situation. And you're like, okay, like now sucks. You lost Kyle for the defensive purposes, but you have, you know, you have Luke Kennard with a real role there yeah. available. And maybe now your rotation is eight, right? You scrap the Milton Brown McLaughlin minutes and you distribute those bench minutes to Nas Nikhil and Luke Kennard there. Like I, I I could, I could get that. There is somewhat of a, like, it's not like this team doesn't have needs, but it it's hard to just add a player to it and be like, here's 18 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a sort of bizarre place that the wolves can, are at there so can you no one is closer to the team than you so can you comment on this for not only me but everyone listening uh because you make a good point i think the wolves will make a trade but if they make a trade and they expend any sort of asset whatsoever right other than like if you just flipped shake milton for lonnie walker who kind of make the same money or whatever now why would brooklyn do that if they can find assets elsewhere but if you invest any asset whatsoever that player does have to be part of the rotation because you're spending very limited capital to try to make an upgrade. Yeah. If it's not going to be a, one of those, then you should just get a buyout. Guy. Then it's get a buyout guy who, and I'm sure we'll go. Yeah. D- I mean, I don't really want to do buyout stuff today. No, Cause it's so. like, but th- there'll be a buyout pod that we'll do. But my question to you is how interlocked or intertwined do you think Tim Conley is and Chris Finch are in that if Tim makes a move, you know, He's probably expecting that Finch is going to play him. And if Tim makes a move, Finch is like, good, because I want to play him. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I broadly get the sense that it is one of those coaching front office things where okay. it is synergistic. It's not the like these like the GM chooses the players that are on the roster. He's like, all right, now you, now you need to, now you need to choose that. amongst yeah. them to, you know, to. Right. Uh, so I would think Finch would be. Uh, involved in anything, which is an interesting wrinkle to the Kyle Anderson element of it. I think even just in the last week or so, Kyle's really moved into the eighth spot in the rotation. Yeah, it started being even that the the Oklahoma City game stood out to me and Mm -hmm. for some for somewhat obvious reasons, right, of that, the things that Kyle doesn't do well, uh, getting exploited. I think Finch is coming to more grips with the reality of what this Kyle Anderson is. Does that mean he's loosened his grip on his willingness to to being cool with with uh trading him or not putting up a fit to to not trade him i, I would think so i don't know obviously i haven't uh, talked to him but th- there seems to be some logical dots to to be able to connect there that maybe finch would be more willing to to let kyle anderson go and i think the front office just watching what the product is on the floor and seeing what the offensive issues are you know it's they love kyle anderson too but it you can understand it's one of those, you know, Kyle Anderson gets traded. It's, you know, the first thing Tim Conley does when he sits down is like, it was so hard to trade Kyle Anderson. We absolutely love Kyle, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it, it and, and, and genuinely, yeah. you know, like that, that, that's what it would, you know, that's what it would be. And 
and and then there's the locker room element of it all too, which is, I don't know if it's underrated because we talk about how important it is uh, all the time. But, but even, uh, even yeah. last night you were in the locker room, uh, which thank you for your service because I can't imagine covering last night's game. That was an abomination. But uh, Nikhil- Kyle Anderson was wearing a Dennis Rodman shirt. Wow, okay, I was now, like, right, I, was like okay, I like you. I like you more. But then I was like, has Kyle Anderson become Dennis Rodman? <laughs> Okay, that's another segment. Uh, but no, Nikhil had some really cool quotes last night. My By far, I think my favorite quote on the team right now, just really reflective and stuff. But he was talking about the defense, and he just slipped up and was like, you know, slow-mo's always watching everyone's tendencies. And I just, again, I know that that stuff is not sexy because people just love the stats and, and the pieces and the assets and stuff. It's just, I mean, yeah, Kyle is not playing good basketball this year, but... Offensively, offensively, Defensively, what is his value to the locker room? And also, if you trade Kyle, let's just say you do to me. And this is kind of like a weird parlay of all this stuff. If you trade Kyle, you have to then get a wing. So I don't know if that's a bucket getter or a movement shooter. But because as much as I love Jaden, I've always said that Jaden and not just defend different types of players. I mean, not is so good, but he is just physically not big enough, I don't think, to guard Kawhi sure. or guard Paul George. So if Jaden falls out or gets into foul trouble and you don't have Kyle, despite his offensive deficiencies, what is your next option? I, I don't think it can be Troy. You know, is it Ant? And then you're kind of shifting guys all around. So just something to think about. I'm not even really giving you a yeah. take there. It's just uh, the Kyle is kind of the break glass in case of emergency thing for Mike and for Jaden, um, despite how bad he's been offensively. So I don't know, but I, I really like going back to Burks. I think Burks is like probably really gettable too. I think Detroit would take a couple seconds, you know, get shed some contracts, whatever. So uh, trade for Alec Burks. Today's show is brought to you by Dewar. That's D-U-E-R. And why I like to wear Dewar is because when I'm choosing what to wear, the key is to be comfortable. That's why I'm loving my Dewar jeans. Dewar denim is the perfect mix of comfort, style, and stretch. Historically, I haven't been much of a denim guy, but I like these Dewar jeans because they aren't so stiff. I have the performance denim athletic straight style in the heritage rinse color. I've been wearing these to games. I brought them on the road trip I was just on because I figured I can wear them to the game. I can wear them out to dinner. Doer also makes stretch performance denim and lifestyle apparel for both men and women. They're made from natural fibers for high stretch, breathability, moisture absorption, complete with temperature regulating, antimicrobial properties to feel fresh, cool, and dry. From the performance denim to the no sweat jogger, I can find a pair that fits any occasion. Plus, Dewar values sustainability and uses 85% plant-based materials for natural softness and comfort. Upgrade your wardrobe and order your own pair of Dewar jeans today. Check out Dewar's flagship stores in LA or Denver or shop online at shopdoer.com slash Dane Moore. Right now, my listeners can get 15% off site-wide when you use my special URL, Shop. D-U-E-R dot com slash Dane Moore. All one word, my name. This is an awesome deal. Don't wait to get 15% off. Go now to shopdoer.com slash Dane Moore. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's, uh, Cooper, I think you've been flagging. Yeah, Cooper Coop in the background. Up. Cooper Carlson, shout out, uh, running our YouTube element of all of this. Uh, we, we can answer some maybe specific questions. I obviously have a couple more names, uh, written down here too. But, you know, if people want to throw out a specific, you know, trade thing, we can, we can get into that, uh, a, as well. Here we have from Brian Hawks, Kennard, McDermott, Trent Jr. Which is most realistic? Would any fill this team's need to improve the offense without sacrificing too much on defense? I think can all I, of those you're making somewhat of a sacrifice defensively, but yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, can I? So we talked about Doug McDermott and Flagrant House a little bit, and I, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it just reminds me of, and Jim even said it on the call last night, like this team is defense. This team, that is their bread and butter. That is how they're going to win playoff series, right? Like, again, they need to get that offense from. 19th or 20th to at least league average or god forbid you know top 10 but they make their hay on playing defense and i just don't know if you can plug in a guy like doug mcdermott at any part of the rotation because it, it's like in the movie 300 where they have that goat path it's like you just you don't want to have some sort of you know four on five thing where it's like that guy we can just pick on and in in the playoffs when teams just third quarter fourth quarter just run the same play and abuse the same player i get the mcdermott thing from a shooting axe aspect maybe in the buyout market but if that's your one trade is just go get i mean this is like a glorified matt ryan as much as i like matt like that just doesn't seem like a needle mover to me like i'd rather just lean in on the defense and just hope that ant and carl can put up 75 a game uh in come playoff time yeah no i mean that's a that's a a question that ties to you know all of the potential movement yeah, shooters, that's true. right? Yeah. And I think I'm more in the camp of this team can kind of afford, given how good it is defensively, to survive some of that in bench minutes, right? Okay. Like, you know, the the bad defender, great shooter guy, I think plays for this team. Um, doesn't close games, but you, you live with it. And maybe it's in all the benchy minutes that go bears on the floor or whatever, and you – hammer home to that player solid is enough. Right. Um, and, and, and I think like what, what I always say with the, like players who are bad defenders, I feel better about them if they're bigger. And yeah, that's true. And McDermott, I'm not saying McDermott is not a good defender. Um, 
but he does have, you know, he has some size to him. Uh, whereas like Luke Kennard's probably a, a better defender, uh, but, or Gary Trent is, but they're smaller, you know, um, in, in terms of like physicality and just overall like length, height, whatever. So I don't know. I, I'm just like, I think Malik Beasley would be awesome on this team. I, yeah. And, and I do not think Malik Beasley is an awesome defender, you know, but can you get a player that's doing doing what Malik Beasley is being asked to do defensively for the Bucks. He's part of the reason why their defense has dropped, but he's busting his ass. You know, mm-hmm. give me the movement shooter that might not be a good defender, but it's willing to work and apply it. Like, I was like in, in Utah, like that was the issues. They had too many of those. Right. Yeah. But like, could have Utah survived one of the, those players being out there? They, they, they just couldn't survive when it was, three players that were getting cooked all the time. Can Rudy protect one of them? I, you know, and maybe I'm just looking at it through the lens of, cause I've been so impressed with Nas. Right. And then Kyle's only value right now is playing defense. And then obviously Nikhil, they really play one through eight, all plus defenders. Mm-hmm. I mean, Carl stepped it up. Mike can hold his own. So I think I'm more of a, I want all my guys to be good at defense. You make a good point on that. Gary Trent jr. Is a fun name. I've never thought of that. I always just, he's got some nasty to him. So I like that. But, uh, I don't know. I don't want to speak for the entire state of Omaha, but I would imagine McDermott Timberwolves jerseys would help pay for the the second apron. So that would be, I guess, an intrinsic value. But none of those games really do it for me. The name that Coop just threw on is another one yeah, uh, from, from Graham Power. Royce O'Neal and try to have Lonnie Walker included for that spark plug. $10 million total salary for those two. There has been some, you know, reports, whether you believe them or not, Royce, Royce O'Neal... Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, both on the Nets. I mean, I think the Nets will become sellers at some point. They have a lot of pieces, but uh, I think Royce O'Neal is like a poor, not not a poor man's Jaden McDaniels, but he can shoot the three. He's bigger, can defend. See, I, I think Dorian Finney-Smith is the poor man's Jaden McDaniels. That's fair, but I, I think Dorian Finney-Smith would probably cost more. Sure, yeah, he's a little hands. less poor. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, uh, he's no. a little less poor, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or no, he's, yeah, whatever. But right, Royce right, O'Neal yeah. also, again, not to stick to this but it's no that's of... the thing the utah thing is a thing like they went yeah. after joe Ingles this summer i don't know like that wasn't just all about i mean joe Ingles fit some needs you know like point guard and that would make sense on this team but a part of the reason behind that was obviously familiarity with rudy and we've learned just from watching rudy here and the mike element of it even the nikhil element like when they traded for nikhil right away and, and Nikhil started playing last season, he immediately like entered the top five of most comfortable that just looked the yeah. most synergistic with Rudy. I don't think that was all about like inherent skills within Nikhil Alexander Walker. I think it was about having played with Rudy Gobert before Mike Conley's talked about that at length. So that that's a, I think that's a real thing. I think we can assume that's a, a real thing at this point, or at least we can connect the dot that this front office believes it's a real thing. So yeah, you know, bump Royce O'Neal, like if we're choosing between Royce O'Neal and, and Dorian Finney-Smith in terms of likelihood, simply on the basis that Royce O'Neal has played with Rudy Gobert, the likelihood of that happening is probably higher. I just think, I mean, be big, man. Stay big. Dorian mm-hmm. Finney-Smith is a big, like would be a big three, could guard a ton of wings, like shoots a three, would would have no problem just chilling in the corner, you know, like uh, that, that would... You're right, though. That's that's probably more expensive, and you're probably emptying the the asset pool to to go and get him. And I'm not even sure of exactly what his contract situation is there. But yeah, Brooklyn Brooklyn's a 
we look at a lot at the Detroits and Washingtons and the teams that seem like obvious fire sales, just given how bad they are. Seems like Brooklyn might be one of those two, even mm-hmm. though they're not that bad. They're obviously, a, a level above the, the terrible teams in this league. But yeah, I, I, it makes sense to me to a little, keep an eye on. Can you imagine guys. a little Kyle Anderson, Ben Simmons pick and roll? Just the spacing with that. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I like the Royce O'Neal one. Um, Alex K has. What about Landry Shamit if Wolves strike out elsewhere? Should take minimal capital to get him even worth it, shooting 39% from three. Going to be honest with the chat, no idea where Landry Shamit's currently playing. Wizards. <laughs> and that backs up my point. Uh, but again, like the Wizards, right? I, but way. that's the archetype, though. Yep. You, you, yep. Know, you know how Landry, Landry Shamit has played. He's, feel like he's been in the playoffs every year for Shamit the last six, <laughs> for the last six years on a different team every single time. But like, maybe... When when we're talking about envisioning movement shooter, that's what Lam- Landry Shamit is. It's a player that that can can hunt space and and that, you know, I think he would you know, work. He he would meet that like would work defensively, in terms of like effort. I don't know if it would work work and you'd be like, oh, our defense is still awesome because it's a you know it's a downgrade defensively from Nikhil Alexander Walker or Landry Shamit. But I don't I don't hate that name. I haven't really seen that floating around too much. He's kind of got a weird contract situation where. Um, it's like the Shake and Troy Brown Jr. one, where I think he, he's he's on for like ten and a half this year, and then it's like eleven million non guaranteed next year. So you could just he could just be a rental, and mm-hmm. I would maybe assume would be just given the luxury tax stuff for next year. But don't hate that name at all. Haven't heard it at haven't heard it at all though either. Yeah, so this is I was looking this up on my phone, but John Tucker has it too. Can't go without mentioning Bogdan Bogdanovich, um, the Bogdanovich from the Hawks, not the one from the Pistons, who I think. Would also probably be way outside the wall. I mean, Bogdanovich from yeah. Pistons is really nice, but he is just outside. Despite his Utah connections as well, he is just way too expensive for this team. That I think they is, both both might be man. And that's a good point too. But the Bogdanovich one from the Atlanta Atlanta has been a little more fire saleable. Maybe they've been rumored to every team. And Detroit than most teams. Than yeah. Most yeah teams. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I don't, I was looking up his contract right now, trying to figure it out. Do you uh any thoughts on him? And that name has actually been out there in the Twitter sphere, so I think it's worth bringing up. Yeah, I mean, in terms of player style archetype, he'd be awesome. Um, I just, I mean, the problem I, with him is he's making eighteen and a half million this year on the first yeah, year of a four year deal. Yeah, so seventeen point two next year, sixteen the next, and then a club option in twenty six, twenty seven. So I don't know, man. They're so much smarter with salary cap stuff than me, but I just go like, what? <laughs> I look <laughs> right. at my salary cap sheets and I'm like, how does that work? How are we going to build Tolosa? Yeah, well, yeah, and then the, that's the whole element of it is like, what are we, like, how, what is even the willingness to pay and spend? And we'll get into that someday. I know, but yeah, it's so a good name. It's and just he... hard for me to to do that, though. It, you know, maybe they're all in. Maybe this is the year. They're like, Mike's, you know, whatever, going to be gone, and Rudy's not getting any younger. Like, let's do it. Let's go. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard salary, not not player type. I think he'd be awesome from a, a, a style of player, like almost perfect, but hard for me to put that one together. You know what else is kind of interesting this year with the Wolves not being bottom feeders and they're trying to be contenders and be buyers. When you just look at the standings, I, I think it was Keith Smith had this, but like 60% of the picks in the next couple of years are owned by like half a dozen teams. Uh, but there's teams like right now today in the standings, the Nets are in 11th in the East. But they owe their pick this year to the Rockets. So they don't really have any. They're not enticed. Sorry, who is this? That 
the Brooklyn oh, Nets. The Nets. Oh, to the Kings. The Nets yep. this season are in 11th, and they owe their first-round pick to the Rockets. So it's not like mm-hmm. we're talking about, yeah, you know, should they bottom out? Well, they don't really have an incentive. The Toronto Raptors are 12th. They're, they just made all their trades. They're trying to kind of win. In the West, the Rockets are 11th. They are full-on, we want to win. The Warriors are 12th. So there's we keep yeah, bringing up the factor. Pistons. We keep bringing up the Wizards. We keep bringing up kind of these bottom feeders. There's, you know, there's not a lot of teams right now that are going to have available assets. But then also, too, there's not a lot of teams that have financial capability to take on longer salaries. So it's going to be right. It's a weird. I mean, it's an economic thing. We're in a weird thing going on here in terms of where the how the assets are in one place and the money is in another place. And then the cap space is like kind of in a different place. Like it's. I, I mean, everyone knows I, I really like this stuff and follow it. it. It's a unique time that I don't like. Maybe some of the principles that we've applied from previous seasons might not apply as well. And maybe that changes. I don't even know, like, in what direction, if it makes guys more expensive in terms of the assets, the cost to get them or less. It's just, I think we're going to leave, like, on Thursday afternoon after the trade deadline next week and be like, that was weird. Mm-hmm. I just think that's what we're going to come out of this with is that was weird. And I I do think I'm kind of stealing this from a national person, but I also think it's why big trades have already happened. Yeah. Like the hard one was separate because he was kind of toxic and had to get out of there. But you've seen the Raptors move on from OG. You've seen some of these trades kind of happen, like Siakam to Indiana happen just earlier than you need. Like you would think if I'm going to trade Siakam, yeah. why don't I just wait until the deadline to get the biggest value? Maybe these GMs have all talked and it's like, listen, man, it's going to be a pretty slow deadline. It's going to be a bunch of Monte Morris's moving around. Yeah. So uh, I'm with you on that. And again, today is not the buyout trade talk or whatever, the buyout pod, because we don't know who's going to be a buyout candidate. But, but that I, might be where they make. Yeah, that might because be where they get you their know, And you've educated us all with like the second apron and all, you know, hard cap and all that stuff. Some of these contenders that you're looking at in the West, they can't even go sign. You know, if a Gordon Hayward does get bought out and he's making well above the mid-level, you can't even, some of these teams can't legally go get that guy in a buyout market. So that's where you hope that Tim Conley being, you know, a top five exec or whatever can kind of wind and die in these guys in the buyout market. But for now, yeah, Monty Morris, Dennis Smith Jr., those types of names are what we're going to talk about. I wonder how that's going to work in the buyout market as an aside, just in terms of like, does Gordon Hayward get bought out and then sign on a minimum? Or does he do what Kevin Love did last year? And sign for like six million. Mm-hmm. Like, I would assume it's that the the Kevin Love thing, and the Wolves can't do that. Like, without going into the luxury tax this season, they would need a buyout guy. Would need to be a minimum guy to be able to to bring them in again. I don't I don't know, but the Kyle Lowry's, the Haywards, and stuff like that. If they do get bought out, it becomes a bidding war, and then it goes to a team using an exception to get them like rather than a minimum. You know, how, do, how does that all play out? Monte Morris, we haven't talked about him. Uh, Heathy, Heathy, 46, uh, asked, why not just swap Kyle for Monte Morris? Maybe toss in the second this year. More could be, Morris could be solution long-term and as much as we like Kyle and his Swiss Swiss Army-like God status. Um, yeah, I, it, it's, I, I think for me, maybe I should take off my brain of it, right? Uh, I just don't see the huge backup point guard need uh, because yeah, Monte Morris would help if Mike Conley gets hurt, but we've said this before, my stance is kind of Mike Conley gets hurt. Like just the what, Jenga, you know. the Jenga tower falls. Yeah. 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 So 
would it, it would help you in the games that Mike Conley misses during the regular season for sure. Might help you get the one seed. That's not nothing. That maybe that's that's worth a, a second or two. Uh you do lose Kyle in that. Mm-hmm. Um I would I would more be willing to do that for Shake Milton and Troy Brown Jr. in a couple seconds. Uh but I don't know, Monte Morris, I I watched I've seen him play, I don't know, he's probably played like six games or something this year. I, I watched him play once it looked normal <laughs> but like i don't i don't know like i monte morris is a, a weird situation here too where he has played like six games in the past year uh could be one of those where we think we're trading for the monte morris that stepped in for jamal murray three years or two years ago whatever that was um and he might not be that player anymore mm-hmm. but i don't know he might be he, he he very well could be as well so yeah i that his name Firmly belongs in the backup point guard uh, pile there just as much as DeLon Wright, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I just as easily could have brought up Monte Morris uh, instead of DeLon Wright. I did DeLon Wright because I just feel like that name hasn't been thrown out there as much as as Monte Morris's name has been. But kind of kind of same answer for me on Monte Morris as it is uh, DeLon Wright. The only other name I had, again, I mentioned Dennis Smith Jr. That would be if you can pry someone from from Brooklyn. But again, backup point guard doesn't really shoot very well. I just sometimes watch the Wolves in transition and feel like only one guy can really sprint. Uh, so sometimes <laughs> yeah. it'd be fun to have younger athletes that have a little more pep in their step. But uh, Bones Dennis Island. Smith Jr. was awesome defensively yeah. last year, too. That's true, yeah. But uh, Bones Island, right? Just kind of rotting away in Los Angeles with the Clippers. Uh, real, no real path for him to play on that team. They have so many guards and so many wings. Uh, didn't really work out in Denver. Uh, but another name that people are familiar with, know his game and know his association with Tim Connolly. So just thoughts. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it comes back to that same thing of can this team uh, afford to have a zero defender because they're the number one defense, right? Um if you ever would think that that could work, it would be with the number one defense, but it's the goat path thing. It's, it's, it's all that. And, and bones that would be in a playoff series, something that gets uh, picked at, you know, but he's absolutely the poster boy of the bucket getter phylum of, of these, these guys. The one thing with bones um, that when I, when I wrote him down, it's he's 2.3 million this year. Uh, it is 4.2 million next year. And, you know, it's probably like a, a good contract for him. I don't think that's like a negative value, but it's another 4.2 million when that spot probably we're thinking is a minimum guy, you know, right on next year's team, just to, you know, that 2 million versus 4.2 million that, that kind of makes a difference in, in this team here. Uh, again, like any bones thoughts I'm going off of are from at least a year ago. You know, when I was watching him, it's kind of the do we know that you get him and you plug him in and he was that awesome sixth man for the yeah. Nuggets two years ago? I don't know. I mean, maybe, but uh, also maybe not. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot here. This is super inappropriate. But I was on the trade machine just now because I was like, you know what? Let me like you you bring in Bones Highland and maybe he's just an emergency guy or you just try to groom him to be like, OK, a year from now when we need cheap guys that can play. You know, maybe you are a little bit of our Jalen Noel off the bench. And I was like, you know, Shake Milton wouldn't be. I, I don't think Shake Milton's going to work here, and I'd be surprised if he's on the roster a week from now. But I don't necessarily think Shake Milton is just a bad player. I think maybe he just needs a different spot. So I was like, can you do Shake for Bones straight up? According to the trade machine, you can't. But on the trade machine, there is a yeah, Bones is two point three, and he's 
five. Oh, the trade exception? Do you know the $3.688 million D'Angelo Russell trade exception? Yeah, you could you could use that to uh to bring in bones. He's he's under that. I mean, okay. normally a trade exception of that size is useless. Right. Uh, but that yeah, I think that would be a, a situation in which that would work. You wouldn't have to send anything out. Um, but you might want to uh, what's interesting is Bones makes two point three his cap hits 2.3 million and the wolves are, where did I write that down? 2.36 below the tax. Um, so yeah, I guess you, you could just absorb him into the exception, pay a couple seconds for it and stay underneath the tax. Yeah. And and, you know, for a Clippers team that is complete, not on the Phoenix suns level, but is very asset poor. Um, if they're like, Hey, we're just not going to play this guy. Maybe we can just, yeah, maybe they take the two seconds and then they reuse that for something else. So, um, I like that name. I mean, again, I, if Bones Island isn't getting any run in Denver or the Clippers, two teams that are contenders, uh, probably need to mute our expectations for him on the best team in the West, but maybe that's more of a long-term play of, you know, uh, we're trying to keep one eye towards Mm -hmm. the summer and towards next season. But I saw someone kind of sum it up in the chat just now. And again, thanks to everyone who tuned in for, 90 minutes of uh, DeLon Wright talk, but uh, there there is a chance, right, that internally, no matter what Kyle's struggles have been offensively, that Finch is just like, I, I, I trust that man to do too many things, and that this is the eight-man rotation, and they don't really do anything, and then they are aggressive in the buyout market, which I, I think, based on limited, I just think it might be spicier than we think, um, because I... Every year there's buyout guys. And this year there are so many teams. I think it's like the Suns and the Nuggets and the Clippers maybe and someone else. Like they can't even legally sign these guys. So the Wolves would have kind of an advantage there. And again, that's an important advantage because we just talked about how limited assets we have. It's an asset to be able to bid against buyout guys with less people bidding mm-hmm. against you. No, absolutely. Uh, it that That's the next step, right? Thursday and the, the deadline and how the market shakes out, right? Like that's going to be the, you know, the, the biggest thing it's even at this stage with a lot of these guys names that were thrown out, the price tag today very well could be a protected first round pick on Thursday. If you're Washington and it's one of these expiring the, you know, the, the Shamit, the Tyus, the Dawn, right. It kind of becomes best offer available. At, mm-hmm. at that point and if nobody's willing to pony up for it then i think that's maybe where the wolves like slide it like if the wolves if the wolves make a trade uh an asset you know trade i think it's our response is going to be that was a great deal because it was well, they just yeah. can't trade enough assets for it to be a bad deal really you know what i'm saying like they they can't really overpay in a trade right now because the total amount of assets they have is like the right amount for an eighth man. And, and we did this. F- Phil said this the other day. He's like, has, has Tim Connolly missed? And it's like, well, the Wendell Moore pick was so far a pretty big miss. It was kind of like the Justin Patton pick where it's like we made this big trade for this all-star and we still got to keep this first round pick. And then we got this guy. And it's like, well, Justin Patton is in China and Wendell Moore. I don't know where he is. But outside of that, you also just got to trust that whatever they do, it's probably the right move because – as much heat as he faced early on, I, I'm with Phil. Like, what has Tim really missed on? Even if you think signing Shake Milton or Troy Brown Jr. are misses, the contracts are not misses. I mean, yeah, it would have been great to have better free agents in hindsight that are more contributors to this current roster. But uh, I don't know. I, and also, maybe, too, I, maybe Wendell can be liquidated into a second, too. 
into yeah, like I mean, to somebody I, else and then you can take that and add that to the other you know like i'm i'm, I'm low on wendell which is weird because i'm so high on the young guys but uh i still think it's like the just the pedigree of coming from duke and i don't know he's put on a little size i would be shocked if some team wouldn't give him a chance unless it's just that bad that no one will but uh that's another thing too is like maybe they liquidate him before you got to worry about player options and stuff to try to get another second yeah um the the the, the recap of all this is that they have limited yeah, assets but they have you know that second round pick someone you know people have started to talk about second round picks in the nba being really kind of valuable especially if they're in the top five because you're not like beholden to the first round the rookie, rookie scale, scale. Right. Yep. uh so i think that that second round pick that the wolves have this summer that belongs to memphis i mean you know where memphis is in the standings it could be the fifth pick in the second round that's going to have some value uh in a league that all of a sudden yeah. you look around and the suns and the clippers and all the other right. teams, the nuggets they don't have you think the wolves have this pick assets. is a real asset that that's as far as second round assets go it's immediate right mm -hmm. it's it's next summer and it's going to be like 36th and that's yeah that uh that matters for sure do we miss anything I mean, I don't well, know. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll probably talk a little bit more trade with, you know, Chris and Jace and Britt uh, before the deadline tomorrow. There but. is a uh, there is a man down in Los Angeles who was pretty right back in the day on the Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers stuff, who is now floating out some LeBron weird <laughs> emojis on Twitter. Uh, LeBron might be available. Uh so I didn't want to do it at the beginning, but whatever you got to piece together to get LeBron and you draft Bronny this <laughs> summer with the 29th pick, and uh, now you're really cooking with gas. But no, it's going to be, I know you'll be on top of it. I'm sure we'll do emergency pods and all that stuff, but uh, it's a really exciting time, and it's a very awkward time, right? Like, you've done this now for seven years. Every year at this time, it's like, okay, they could trade this $30 million contract, or they could trade this guy for pieces, you know, the Scott Layden thing. It's like, how, how many assets can we bring back because we suck? Well, they don't suck. But it kind of makes it more difficult now to figure out mm -hmm. what can we do with limited resources and will that player fit into a team yeah. that has issues and has, you know, clunky offense and some guys that don't really put the ball in the basket. But, you know, to bring yeah. it all the way back to the top, to Rudy Gobert, the best defense in the league by a mile. Uh, it's their calling card. And you don't want to you don't want to fuck with that uh, this late in the season, especially the chemistry and all that stuff. So it's going to be a crazy week. I know you'll have it covered. We'll probably i don't know talk about silly stuff over at flagrant house but uh it's a really fun time in the end yeah no i mean i forgot that you guys were having jim on that's uh I'll listen he's to that. so good yeah if again like i if this pod is the best because it's so much knowledge and brit and chris and jace but jim is so great we're going to be having jim on almost every thursday or as many okay, thursdays cool. as possible so uh check it out if, if you want kind of a different perspective on the wolves and jim is great because he calls it like it is he has you know he's with the team just as much as any player or coach he's on the plane he's on the bus and uh, I think he had a really cool perspective today about two bigs. I mean, I forgot this, but Jim Peterson played with the Rockets yeah. with the original Twin Towers. He was Nas Reed. <laughs> and he was Nas Reed, right? Because yeah. they had Akeem Olajuwon and Ralph Sampson, Carl and Rudy. And then he was the third big, and he was beloved in Houston because he was an energy guy. He didn't probably have Nas's hair, but uh, he, he was— He did have hair, though. He did have some hair. That's true. Uh, so— Really cool conversation. I hope you guys check it out. Yeah, but uh, sure. we'll be tuned in to the Dane Moore and Bay podcast for all updates on CBA and second apron and blue apron and trade deadline and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, next up will be Monday. I think I'll do that with uh, Jace after the Rockets game. We're not going to do uh, any this weekend because uh, we did this tonight. So nothing off of uh, the, the Magic game on friday but that'll be that'll be on monday morning i am doing the the road trip to chicago and 
Milwaukee next week on Tuesday and Thursday. So it'll kind of, you know, for listeners who listen all the time, I think it'll kind of be like that last trip, I, the Dallas, Orlando, Boston one. Maybe Chris and I will do something like at the stadium uh, right after the game in Chicago, that sort of thing. So a little bit of different order, different times. But uh, I always like to be around the team uh, around the trade deadline. I think that that helps. And if, you know, if there is a new player um, that they trade for next week, maybe they'll be uh, in Milwaukee on Thursday or, or something like that. Or we'll at least get to talk to the players and the coaches about what that player uh, means so yeah as well, always excited excited week and then i'm coming out to you in I, said, then I, I submitted my pto so i'm not going to be on uh i'll be at waste management next week in uh in scottsdale arizona watching some golf so i won't be on the pod next week but the following week we're going to have a ton of pods it's going to yeah. be the week between the trade deadline and the all-star break two yeah. games out here in portland on a tuesday thursday with valentine's day sandwich in between but again that'll be interesting because did rudy make it as an injury replacement do they have a new player how's that player folding in so yeah. january and we knew this coming in. January is the doldrums of the NBA season. They're battling with football. It's cold, whatever. It really spices up now this next week, this next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. And then when you get back, we can talk about this. Dude, the, the Wolves have like 18 straight days from the that last Portland game because they like have a week off for the All-Star break. And then they have seven straight games at home. home games, yeah. So if you're like Mike Conley, you just get to spend like three weeks at home. That's got to be awesome. And then they go on the road for but. The schedule then gets really wild right after that with a lot of winnable games, one tough road trip, and then before you know it, it's going to be playoffs in downtown Minneapolis April, and it's going to be 65, and we're going to be wearing shorts. So <laughs> it's a good time, yeah, but I appreciate everyone that listened tonight. This was mm-hmm. kind of a weird thing we wanted to do. I know we went long with 90 minutes, but shout out to Cooper. Shout out to everyone. Yes. Subscribe. Shout out to you uh, and everyone that contributes to this pod. Yes, uh, and thank you to you, Kyle. Um, you guys all follow Kyle on Twitter already, I'm sure. Uh, at Kyle Tagge. Um, I'm Dane at Dane Moore MBA. We have Dane Moore MBA podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, if you want to be, you know, following some of the little clips and reels and stuff like that, that we do plan on like maybe ramping that up a little bit with some more stuff, at least come playoff time and maybe some more locker room access and that sort of stuff. So it helps, you know, we to have some of those numbers go up in terms of followers yeah. and subscribers on the page here too. So just for the, the 400 of you that are in here right now watching it live 90 minutes in if you don't go hug your family yeah yeah <laughs> yes yes I, and we're gonna we're gonna go uh relax to two pods in one day um but yes thank you to kyle thank you to all of you listening uh until monday with jace after the rockets game he's kyle i'm dane peace out how i'm feeling man i hope it never stop yeah green it hard so you can find me in the crowd yeah yeah don't let standards ever ever bring you down yeah hope you dancing like nobody else around everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.